When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey. Hey. What'd you think? About what? Did, did you get my text? Oh. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Did You Get My Text? I'm Patton Oswalt. I'm Meredith Salinger. We are fresh from the Eternals premiere oh, in yeah. Hollywood, California. We got to go to a move and picture show last night and put our fancy duds on, and the photographers took our picture. It on was, a carpet. It was pretty fun. And it was our first premiere in a movie. In fact, it was the first time I've been in a movie theater oh, since yeah. 2020, March. Yeah, we went to one other premiere that... I was on a roof. Season 2, Ted Last, that was up on a roof. Uh, this one was actually in a theater, uh, but you had to get a COVID test and show your card and everything. And it was good. And and people, for the most part, wore their masks uh, in the theater. A the uh, couple of little... Um, there were some people that were just not wearing their masks, and I was kind of like... <clears throat> yeah. Like, trying to be like... <laughs> and, the, and there was that weird unspoken... That, that has become a new... Um, status symbol of entitlement, just in general privilege, entitlement, and privilege of whatever. Uh, especially if something applies that helps the common good, I that does not apply to me, and I am going to show my privilege by not doing it. Like that's the new brag. I guess. I want to say uh, yes. We were on the red carpet last night, which happened to be a blue carpet. The blue carpet. Um, and I was very pleased with my dress. And mm-hmm. I, we took a really cute picture, and I sent it to my three best friends. You're right. And uh, let me read what they wrote. Oh, God. What like, did your friends say? It was basically like, damn, you look like such a smoke, a smoke show. And then I wrote back, I mean, right? Look how finally pretty I look on a red carpet. It's been years. And then she wrote, no, you've always been gorgeous. I wrote, yeah, but fat. And then my other friend wrote, so fat. <laughs> and then I wrote, see, ever doesn't lie. And then she wrote, the fattest. <laughs> and then I wrote, the most fattest ever. And she wrote, fat ass. And then she wrote, the reason I love you the most is instead of being like, shit, maybe I should stop with the donuts, you're like, can I return this for a bigger size? Like a fucking boss. <laughs> there you go. Still a humble brag, but whatever. Yeah, um, yeah but, you know. Yeah, why not? It's also a, it's a, it's a humble brag, yes, but it's also like, hey, fatty. Yeah. It's also a diss because other actresses don't do the uh, the seismic shuffle the way I do. <laughs> the seismic shuffle. You know, other actresses just stay skinny the whole time. Right. And and then mine is like, skinny, fat, skinny, fat. <laughs> like six months of fat and then three weeks of skinny and then like wow. two months of skinny and two years of fat. That's how it's on because you know why? Because you're living a life, man. Because I, cause you're not a slave to the tabloids. You're not a slave to the fashion industry or the fashion police. No, I just wear a big size a and f- get a size up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, well, anyway, we both liked The Eternals. It was good. It was really and good. I, and I went in thinking they ain't going to pull this off because that is a very genuinely weird Marvel property. Uh, but they did two smart things. Uh, they got Chloe Zhao to direct, uh, who brought this real deep uh, human humanistic feel to all the crazy action. And... Uh, they leaned into the weird Kirbyness. They didn't try to go, well, this was Jack Kirby's big chariot of the gods vision. Let's try to make it more palatable. Let's go even weirder with the chariot of the gods stuff. And you're either on board or you're not. And the audience was really on board. They were on board, but dear Lord, the lead actress, Gemma Chan. Oh is she the most beautiful woman to grace a screen. My yeah. Lord, is she beautiful. And she's so good. And her accent is amazing. While we were watching some interviews with her, <laughs> we sat down. And when you go to a lot of these premieres now, they project what's going on on the blue or red carpet on the screen while you're waiting. So as Gemma is Gemma? talking- Gemma? is talking in this- Jesus, what's with the accents, babe? I, you with know, the, you can't, why can't you pronounce Because I'm, I'm a privileged white suburban male and I can't be bothered. Um, they. The- uh, they, so they're interviewing her, and she's speaking in the most delicious British diction slash elocution, and Meredith is quietly parroting some of the pronunciations just to get it down perfectly. Every now – well, this is my thing. I love accents. It's mm -hmm. one of my favorite things. Right. And so if I'm watching, I will listen to the BBC or to Al Jazeera or watch the news, and anyone who ever has an accent – or if I'm watching a show, just under my breath, like if they say, welcome to the world of sports. And then I'd be like, <laughs> world, world, world. And I'll imitate the word that I think is, you know, fascinating. So wow. Gemma is doing her interview on the red carpet. Yeah. And I'm just, first of all, she's so pretty. Mm -hmm. um, and But any word she says, I'm just under my breath going, <laughs> going <laughs> premier, <laughs> eternals. And um, yeah, I was, I was, you know, because I practice like that. Kirby. <laughs> Jack Kirby. And then our friend Kumail was so... Now, all of you know him as like super funny on Silicon Valley and just like a nerd. Mm -hmm. And in this, he is... Dude got so, swole. He, he's so funny, but he's so handsome. And he plays, he does like, the, he plays like this Bollywood actor kind of in addition well, to... He's one of the Eternals who decided, you know what, if I'm going to live forever, I'm just going to become a massive Bollywood star. It's the greatest part of the show. Anyway, he's so handsome and charming. He just, you said it earlier, you actually were texting with him and you said yeah. you, what did you say to him? You're already a kind of, you're, you're a comedic star and then in one movie you check off uh, cosmic action god and then romantic lead like pick a fucking lane dude. Yeah, he's so. He did a good job. Everyone he did, did a really a good, good job. And it was, but it was sweet. Like all the characters have this cool kind of tragic undertone to them that doesn't doesn't bum you out. It's just that's the life they have to live. And what I was really fascinated with was the way they make the movie seem, it, it's Angelina Jolie's movie. She's in it. She has amazing sequences. She's essentially the team's Hulk. She is this eternal warrior that kind of sometimes can't control the yeah. blood rage and and is very open about, hey, if someone doesn't calm me down, I'll kill everybody. That's how I feel at is, home. If someone doesn't <laughs> calm me down, I will kill everybody. Kill everyone I see. Yes. Um, but she was great. Everybody was great. And it was gorgeous to watch. And there are so many things that are spoiler alerts that until the movie comes out, we can't, can't say talk anything, about. Yeah. But, but it's, it's really fun. It is fun. Really fun. Um, okay. So, yeah. Eternals. We liked it. We saw it. We liked it. Hip, I don't know what to hooray. tell you. 
Hip, hip, hooray. Go see it. Um, and w- it's only out in theaters. And I was just saying, as we were watching the premiere, like, wow, people really aren't used to going to the theater anymore, um, to the theater. People don't go to the theater anymore. <laughs> um, but they um, are going to have to. And it wasn't a terrible experience. You, yeah. you know, keep a little room between the person next to you, but keep your mask on and enjoy. Yeah. Put your damn mask on. And don't sit there and eat your popcorn for an hour. Right. Don't hold the popcorn thing and put the one piece in front of your face for an hour so you can keep your mask off. Like, Just eat your popcorn the the and put it back put on. put a piece of popcorn. Come on. Come on, guys. Be a dick. Um, <laughs> speaking of dicks, uh, I wasn't going to talk about this, but it, it was announced in Deadline last week. I am in a uh, TV miniseries called Gaslit, which is about... Um, Dick Nixon. Dick Nixon. Well, it's, it's mainly about John Mitchell and his insane wife, who uh, his wife, John Mitchell, played by Sean Penn. Uh, um, Julia Roberts, of course, plays uh, Martha Mitchell, his insane, uh, boozy, alcoholic wife, who was a major factor in breaking the whole Watergate scandal, as you will find out. Also, if you read the amazing book, um, Nixon Land, um, which is, that's a whole other thing. But this is... Um, a really interesting series. And I play Charles Coulson, who was the first of Nixon's staff to go to jail. Um, he was uh, sent to jail. And then, of course, while he was in jail, became a born-again Christian, came out, uh, did prison ministries, stuff like that. So um, I was doing a lot of research for the character because Charles Coulson is a real particular sort of weasel um, who uh, had his big jailhouse Christian conversion. And then, of course, just before his death was saying, uh, um, you know, Obama has, of course, led the country horribly astray and we need to get back on track with someone like Donald Trump. So again, never really- Was he a Christian conversion just to look good or was he actually, like, did he actually care? I feel like he was- Because there are a lot of people who say they're Christian, but they certainly don't act in good Christian morals or anything like that, even though they're like, I'm a good Christian, and then they're yeah. mean to everyone, including I, their neighbors. I think he was following what he thought was good Christian conversion. I th- I'm, I'm sure part of it was uh, out of uh, desperation in jail, uh, and also the fact that his life basically fell apart. Um, however, here was, here was this is going to be kind of a rabbit hole, but it's a great rabbit hole. So uh, the Charles Colson, when he gets out of prison, writes a memoir called Born Again about mm. his conversion. Mm. Uh, that is then made into a movie in 1978 uh, starring Dean Jones of uh, Walt Disney fame. Dean Jones, of course, um, was uh, uh, in a lot of um, uh, Disney films uh, coming up, uh, including The the Million Dollar Goose. The Million Dollar um, Goose? I mean, oh, he was in all these goddamn movies. Is that like The Incredible- he was, in Her- he was in The Herbie the Love Bug movies. Is that like The Incredible Mr. Limpet? Uh, kind of, but no <laughs> one turns one into a goose. Movie. Yeah. M- Limpet is great and not a Disney film. Um, oh, well. So uh, Dean Jones, who also uh, became born again, um, he was struggling with massive depression all through his life, was going through a very ugly divorce, uh, was, was famously in Stephen Sondheim's uh, musical Company, which is parodied brilliantly on Documentary Now by John Mulaney and uh, Bill Hader uh, about... Um, so anyway, they um, during, as he's doing company, he tells Sondheim, I can't do it. I'm, I'm going through this horrible depression. Uh, so he's on the cast album, but then does not do the, the musical. Some guy replaced him and then won the Tony. Um, God, you've gone down so many segue rabbit hang holes. On, there's Where is so the actual many more. story going? Well, we'll see. 
So Dean Jones gets born again, uh, literally drops to his knees one night. His then his wife at the time, Lori Patrick, witnesses this conversion, says he he asked for God's presence in his life, um, and then his suddenly his depression went away. Uh, Lori Patrick was the former Mrs. Harlan Ellison for three months in 1966. She was married to science fiction writer and gadfly Harlan Ellison. She also, I guess, you know, being married to Harlan will make you convert to Christianity. And uh, they made this movie. The movie, again, stars Dean Jones, also boasts the, the screen debuts of both Morton Downey Jr. and Corey Feldman. What? Made their screen debut in the 1978 uh, movie Born Again. Uh, and then Spire Comics did a comic book adaptation of the book because uh, they're trying to get kids into Christianity because that's what kids love in the late 70s. They love that sidewalk surfing, they love disco dancing, and they love reading comic adaptations about the religious conversions of imprisoned and government officials. So groovy. Uh, um, yeah, I like that. Yes. Uh, they also, at one point, Spire Comics licensed the Archie Comics characters for some truly weird Christian message comic starring Jughead and Veronica. And Wait, did the writer of those comics, I mean, you said they optioned it, so were, did they know what they were going to be used for? I sort of, I think I at mean, the time- I mean, can you just option them and like, hey, I'm going to do a porn yeah. magazine with Well, them. I think at the time, Archie Comics and all comics weren't doing that well, and they were happy to license their stuff out anywhere. Oh. So that's why you saw a lot of DC and Marvel comic stuff appearing in like- on kids' menus at, at Denny's and stuff like that. Um, so anyway, the fact that the character that I was researching has connections to Harlan Ellison's ex-wife, Corey Feldman's screen debut, Morton Downey's screen debut, and Spire Comics misusing the the kids from Riverdale uh, for uh, Christian um, conversions and recruitment. Mwah! What a fantastic rabbit hole! So a friend of mine just sent me this. I did not, I haven't, this was texted to me. I guess uh, this guy was recovering his Apple account and he got this message (laughs) after he recovered it. This is so weird. Okay, you ready? Imagine you're recovering your Apple ID and, and your account, all the stuff in it, you know. So here's the message he gets. Apple ID, account recovery contacts, makes resetting your password and maintaining access to your account easier than ever. And a new digital legacy program lets you designate people as legacy contacts so they can access your account in the event of your death. So now Apple has a thing where you can designate on the account if you die, someone is alerted and has access to all your accounts so they can either, it's either A, to go and erase some stuff that you've told them, like, if you get this alert, you got to go erase a bunch of stuff that's on there. Or so they can get on your social media accounts and go, hey, he died, just letting <laughs> you guys know. <laughs> well, it's true. I mean, there are so many times someone will die and then uh, whoever, a friend or right. somebody in the family will take over and be like, I know all of you love this person. There will be a memorial at this place. Right. and um, But what if you haven't given your family or loved ones your passwords? How will they do that? Well, now, with a new Apple ID recovery legacy program, your information can be sent to a designated survivor well, I'm who can then post for you. <laughs> how do all the other people who've died, how do other people get into their accounts? Like, how, do, how would you get into my Facebook account to be like, hey, guys, 
She kicked the bucket. I don't know. I don't know. When I didn't have any of Michelle's passwords, I couldn't go into her accounts and, and say that she had kicked the bucket. But I guess it's some <laughs> that's people. That's not a nice way to refer no, to it. No, that's a horrible way to Well, you just said kick the bucket yeah, and put it in my head. Yeah, but I meant about me. But if somebody actually kicked the bucket, you won't, right. you know, there's a little yeah, more Yeah, but reverence. I wouldn't say kick the bucket about you either. But I was saying kick the bucket about myself. Oh, okay. It's sort of like you can say that, you're, you can say that your own self is fat, but you can't tell someone else they're fat. <laughs> well, doesn't that mean you can also um, set up a timed post or tweet or Facebook update that to be sent in the event of your death. But then, then again, how would it know? How would it know? Yeah. How would it know? Although some, the, there's some famous people that clearly either their family or their business managers have access and because they're able to go, <gasps> I would like to say that this person has died today. We are all, more, you know, there's or that. Maybe there's some sort of thing like, you know, when a police officer has to get in for some reason, like you're a murderer and they need to check your phone to see oh, you know, yeah. how you cook. Yeah, there's got to be a way to do that, right? There's got to be a way. So maybe when you die, there's like a thing on your phone where they can. What was the last picture this guy took? Who was it with? Right. Who was there? Did he photograph his killers? <laughs> um, but still, that is a. So someone is sent like. I guess all your Spotify playlists, your podcast. Your, I mean, do, I think it might go just, through and delete them. I mean, what happens when you die? So, there's all that stuff online. You need to know some things. I have yeah. a, I have a little safe that has some things in there, like passport and stuff like that. You mm-hmm. don't know the code. That's true. I keep my boyfriend's numbers in there. I sent you the code for my safe. Why don't I know the code for your safe? I mean, I told you what it was. No, you didn't. You've never told me that the code to that safe. Oh, that's where all uh, my, that's where I keep my little black book. Speak pipers, please uh, call in uh, with your guesses as to what the code to <laughs> Meredith's safe is, please. Um, yeah, so like, I guess you need someone there. Like, if I die, I need you to post, release the Snyder Cut, even in the event of my death. I still need it. Posting my, doing my, what if like some edge lord dies or some shit poster dies? You're like, you, you still need to harass the following 10 accounts. I have like, I keep harassing. I mean, gotta keep it up for it's me. It's so man. morbid, but you do have to tell your people what you want to be done. Sure. A friend of mine, this is sad. I'm just gonna say it so it's not bringing the room down, but a friend right. of mine's mom died the other day. She was sick and she had cancer and she was struggling right. for a long time. So it wasn't like a terrible shock and mm-hmm. she had prepared and all that stuff. But I was talking to my mom and I was like, oh, her, her mom died. And she's like, oh. And then I was like, mom, what do you want? Like, what what <laughs> do you want when you die? I don't know, Meredith. I don't wanna talk about this. It's morbid. I'm like, yeah, okay, but what am I supposed to do? Right. She's like, well, I'm single and my best friend is single, so maybe we'll just get a plot together. And I was like, well, she's like, I don't want, I mean, I don't want to be alone. <laughs> and I was like, well, we're, we're, <laughs> anyway, it was a long conversation about right. where are we all going to go? Where do we want to be? Well, we're getting at that age. And do you choose a thing for you and your spouse and your child or your child one day is going to get married yeah, and want to be with theirs? I don't know where they're going to be. I don't can't we all just be shot into space when we die? Can't that be? Come on, Elon, just make it easy. I mean, just orbit us around the sun. I know. All of us. Before Michelle had passed away, you had bought a, a plot for you and Michelle, and right. was it Alice too? Did you get one I, for the three that, of you? I don't know. I don't oh. even remember that. Well, anyway, so I was talking mm. to my mom, and I was like, I mean, I think Patton wants to. He already got that place. I'm like, what am I going to do? Like, hop in bed with them? Like, do I? Do, what do I do? Like, like a Bob and Carol and Ted and Alice kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, like let's all just. <laughs> I mean, listen, she and I are co-parenting together. This is the weird thing that I tell everybody because she, I actually like tell Alice, listen, I can't make your mom mad. So you have to, you have to be good. So she's not mad at me. (laughs) Like, what do I, you know, it's a whole thing. Yeah. 
it's weird. I mean, I also feel like there's a lot of, um, how do I put this? There are a lot of uh, pro-family, anti-gay marriage, anti-a-bunch-of-things anti politicians and ministers who have very specific instructions to one person to uh, delete my hard drive when I die. There's a lot of that, you know, a, a lot of those people, again, the classic, I'm really, really against gay marriage. We've got to protect the family. If I die, make sure that my hard drive gets to throw it in the bathroom. <laughs> That's Do every not let Republican, any, Yeah, honey. exactly, yeah. So um, I, I just, I feel like like Lindsey Graham has instructions to like blow up his whole house. Like there's stuff in there. Yeah, he's like, just- <laughs> he's like, clear out the dungeon. Don't let that kid starve yeah. down there. Just seal it or just no, seal no, no. it up. Let him out, let him yeah. out because I've been feeding him. And now that if I'm gone, that kid's going to starve down there if I, yeah. if someone doesn't come in and feed him. So if just- I die, let Fungelico run free. <laughs> um, okay, well, on that happy note, we're going to be right back. <laughs> Hi, guys. So I sent Meredith a delightful little video. I was thinking about her this morning. and um, Can I say what it is? Why not? Well, you said, you said I want to send you a sweet little song because I'm thinking about you and I love you or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And then you sent me a video yep. of a guy. Singing, singing a Joni Carly- Mitchell's. Oh, I thought it was Carly Simon. Singing Joni Mitchell's. Both sides now. Yeah, and it was a beautiful song. Beautiful rendition. And, and I clicked on it, and it says, John Hinckley sings this song. And I was like, John Hinckley, isn't that the dude who tried to kill Reagan because he was in love with Jodie Foster? Or is it a different John Hinckley? Like, clearly, the murderer, right, the right. guy would not have the his own- The attempted murderer. The attempted murderer would not have his own YouTube channel for singing sweet songs. Mm-hmm. Well, turns out the attempted murderer does not uh, have his own YouTube channel. He has his own YouTube channel, Spotify station, uh, and Twitter account. Um, this was the, here, here's the one tweet he has posted so far. Hello, everybody. This is the real John Hinckley. I'm now a singer-songwriter. I have 10 original songs on Spotify and the other streaming sites. Check them out. Also, check out my YouTube channel. And indeed, on his YouTube channel, there are original country songs he has written, uh, plus covers of uh, Joni Mitchell songs. Is his, and, um, is his merch like him being he- taken away in handcuffs? Yeah, what is his merch? Because my friend Juliette Lewis mm-hmm. had had a mugshot when she was like 13 or 14. Really? It's the coolest picture ever. And she, you know, she's a rock star in addition to being an amazing actress. And her merch, some of her merch is like her, um, what's that called? Your mugshot. Yeah. And she has it on a t-shirt and I bought it because it's Hell cool yeah. as shit. Why not? Because she's cool as shit. But I wouldn't uh, John Hinckley it up. I wouldn't I wouldn't wear his merch. <laughs> no. He sings. Okay. Here's what he's singing so far. Got a couple of originals, uh, including um, Unlock Your Heart. And um, uh, uh, hang on. Is this an original? Don't Give Up on Innocence. Don't oh. Give Up on Innocence. Get oh, it? Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, sorry. Uh, Revolution of Love. It's a, a revolver of love would have been. It, easy. A oh. different side of me. Oh, dear God, I'm not a killer anymore. I'm a, a different ro- side I'm of me. Singer. I'm a, uh, so, yeah, but it's good um, that he is uh, out there, I guess. He he got parole. He's free. Um, and he's singing his songs. 
And they're lovely. He actually did he's a nice trying. job. He's trying. I mean, I get, but he's a he was a crazy killer who. I mean, do we hold want to be killer? Do we hold people accountable for? Yeah, I don't know. we do. I think we do. I think if you're gonna get, try to I kill think the if president, if you try to shoot the president, I don't think you get to get out. I know. Although Squeaky Fromm tried to kill Gerald Ford and she got out. Why'd she get out? Because she was cute. I don't. Who knows? I don't think she has a singing career. Oh well, get on yeah. it, Squeaky. So anyway, maybe she's called Squeaky because she has a squeaky voice and she wouldn't have a very good singing yeah. career. So maybe he'll do do some covers of I don't know Foster the People, Jodeci, Thirty Eight Special. Who knows? Um, so many possibilities, and so many great songs he could do. You know, Hit Me with Your Best Shot, and uh, Elvis Costello's My Aim Is True, uh, John Hyatt's Missing You. Who knows? There's oh so God. many wonderful. Um, oh boy, this is this is getting into creepy. Like I want to hear it. Morning DJ territory. I want to hear just it. bad jokes. Well, I, again, I'm on a thread with a with a million comedians, and all we do is trade jokes all day. Uh, so when I um, sent that out, what in the hell? So of course we were trading jokes like morons. Um, Did I ever tell you that you say a course and not of course? Of course. Because you do it all the time. You know, a course. Yeah. You're like this. A course. It's not a course, honey. A course is like a math class. Of course. Uh, my it, friend Ben Schwartz said he shot Reagan, so we know he has a fan base. I don't get it. Oh, I get it. You mean yeah. people don't like Reagan? Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's funny. It's so bad. And then so that my other I friend, hear him. my other friend said, "I'm willing to bankroll at least 100k to make the record at Sunset Sound with Rick Rubin and Timbaland. If he murders the tunes, hits the target date, and really kills it on Kimmel, <laughs> I feel like it'll be a no-brainer." Okay, you know what? We just went too far. Um, I don't think we did. I think we can go further. Oh, uh, really? I don't know. You're so good at rabbit holes. You could pun this shit up. This oh. isn't a rabbit hole. This is a rut. There's a difference. A rabbit hole is where we connect a bunch of facts. And I'm just, just doing every variation I can on. I know, but it's uh, funny. On, on bad assassination and song puns. But a pun can go on forever. I mean, it's a Seth really? MacFarlane thing. You know, you just take that shit. Oh, you just let Please it go and go and go. Okay. <laughs> hey, everybody, let's answer some speak pipes. Hey, you guys, I've been binging your podcast. I'm, I'm loving it. Um, I was just listening to the one where you're talking about how Donald Trump becomes more human when you find out that music relaxes him in some way. Um, and I was, uh, was just thinking that Donald Trump is Gollum without Smeagol and uh, finding out he has a human part in him that likes music adds a little bit of Smeagol to him and that's discomforting. Uh, anyway, uh, take care. Bye. That's actually, that's a really interesting way to put it. Yeah, the, one of the, uh, the, the tensions in uh, Return of the King is that Frodo is like, can, can we bring Gollum back? Can we bring him back to Smeagol? Because what he's saying is, can I come back from being, you know, uh, connected to this ring. You're right. There's no Smeagol for Trump to go back to. He just came out as Gollum. There isn't anything there to save. Uh, so just those little moments though, that can make, that can fool you for a second to go, maybe there's a human being in there, even though there's not. But yeah, I think that was one of the things that drew me to that. Hey, it's uh, Jackie. Uh, check your calendar. Next year's color, Soylent Green. Whoa, is that true? Green, but soiling green. Okay. All right. I don't know if that's true or not. That's the she's referring to. We talked about how Pantone uh, puts out a color of the year. So I am going to look that up. It, either Pantone is having a laugh or she's having a laugh. Uh, uh, either way, that's really interesting. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Thank you for your call. Okay, let's. By go the on. way, here's a weird fact. I didn't realize till recently. 
Soylent green. You know the, 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 the word soylent? What? It's a combination of soy and lentils. What they're trying to say in the movie is that, oh, we've made these bars out of soy and lentils, but actually it's, you know. Okay, yeah. I'm going to put myself in a really embarrassing position right yeah. now. And I know that Soylent Green is very famous, and I have no idea what it is right now. And oh, I know boy. it's from a movie, and I know part of me feels like it's like radioactive something. No. Tell me what Soylent Green is. Uh, very quickly, Charlton Heston film set in the uh, Is it the future. name of a film? It's the name of a film oh. called Soylent Green, based on a novel called Make Room, Make Room by Harry Harrison. And it is a, um, uh, in the future, overpopulation. There's very little food left. The government makes these bricks uh, called Soylent Red and Soylent Green. Uh-huh. And um, that that's how people eat because there's just no food. Like uh-huh. Only rich people have access to meat and vegetables. Oh. So everyone else eats these Soylent bars. Um, and then Charlton Heston finds out um, the last on the film, Soylent Green is people. Oh. They're taking dead bodies and grinding them up. Oh, and that's, that's amazing. What, yeah. Anyway. Okay. So yay. The next Pantone color is Soylent Green. Oh, also spoiler. Okay. One more. Hey, so this isn't a question. This is just a comment. I was listening to the episode about the naked lady in the outback in Florida who got tased and Patton pronounced Ocala, Florida as Ocala and it's, I laughed for a solid two minutes about that. So I just wanted to say thank you. I'm from Florida. I currently still live there and it it made me laugh really hard. So thank you. I appreciate that. I love your podcast. You guys are super cute. Every week when I get to listen to it, it helps me forget about being a stressed out 21 year old. So I really appreciate it. Meredith, your Instagram is great. You take really lit selfies. They're great. Okay. I'm going to go now. Have a great week. Okay, Victoria, you're adorable. Yeah, and also, in my defense, the place names in Florida are so easy to mispronounce. He mispronounces lots of things. And when I was filming Burn Notice down there, I said Okochib, which made the whole crew. What is it supposed to Okeechobee. be? Okeechobee. Okeechobee. And they all uh, started laughing. And then um, Ocala, which I think I said Ocala. Ocala, one of the co-stars made up a song about that town because they filmed a shootout scene there. And it was the hottest. They shot that show during July when there's no one in Florida because they want everything empty to shoot all the shootouts. So you're in 120 degree, super, super swampy heat in suits with guns. And he wrote a whole song about how horrible uh, Ocala is. is so. Did he say the word Ocala in the song? He might have, and so I misremembered it. Well, now you know how to pronounce now it. I Victoria, know. thank you for your call. Thanks, Victoria. Now it's time for Did You Get Our Picks? Yeah, tell you what we like, what we really, really like. Yeah, tell me what you like, what you really, really like. <laughs> hey guys, welcome back. We're going to do some of Patton's picks. That's right. Um, okay, books. Read it in a day, blew through it. Uh, Peril by Bob Woodward and Robert Costa. It is just basically the run-up to January 6th and the aftermath of Biden getting into the White House. It's... Yes, we knew how crazy and chaotic the Trump White House was, but the fact that this is such dispassionate fact, just the facts reporting as to the level of craziness really highlights what how actually crazy and how close we were to losing the country. The, the country could have stopped being America on January 6th. Well, it can still stop. I mean, it's No, pretty- exactly. We, 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 we dodge it again, and it feels like, without him saying it, that um, 
it's just a matter of time before it all collapses. And Unless it can be saved. And I have the optimistic notion that perhaps if we all work hard enough, it can be saved. Because the thing is, Republicans work in headlines. They like the big flashy headline. And they'll lie to you like, uh, they're going to take your guns or, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> right. And the Democrats work in fine print. We have the task of actually wanting to govern, right. of actually wanting to make policies that get things done mm-hmm. and fighting. It's very easy for people to go vote when they're angry. Yeah. And so if someone says, they're going to take your guns, they're like, shoot, we got to get to the polls. They can't take my guns. <laughs> but when Democrats are like, we have this, t-, it's it's tedious. Yeah. We're doing the work that actually helps make the world a better place. We're trying to get a child's tax credit for yeah. you guys. We're trying to get better funding for schools. We're trying to get an infrastructure bill that will help you have access to um, internet services in poor areas. Right. We're trying to help everyone yeah. and to get health care for everyone. And all they want to, anyway, yeah. sorry. But what I'm saying is it's really, and it was also really interesting to read a lot of the reviews online, um, you know, I read books on a on an iPad, so you can people can leave reviews, and they there was all these scathing reviews by pro Trumpers about how Bob Woodward has finally stopped being a a reporter and is now it's this is a political screed. All he's doing is just literally reporting what was said and what was done, but and but it's so damning because it's like reporting on a murder. If you dispassionately report on a murder, it actually makes the murder sound even worse because it's so inhuman what's well, going on. The pro- and they're like, by reporting what Trump said in front of cameras, you were on a political rant. Right. I'm just tell- telling like, you what he did. Listen, he said he likes to stick his fingers up people's pussies. I mean, for Christ's <laughs> sakes, grab him by the pussy. Yeah, yeah. He said it. So if we say what he said to show you how vile he is, we're the bad guys? Yeah, it's horrible. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. But well, okay. Uh, so, what's the book you recommended? Peril. Okay, cool. Bob Woodward, Robert Costa. Great read. Just really fun. If, okay. if you like that kind it's of thing, it's a fun read. It's about a, our crumbling well, democracy. It's a fun read about the end of America. Okay, um, great. Movies. Uh, another movie that I missed last year. I watched it a couple days ago. Uh, is right now on Shutter. If you get Shutter uh, or download it, it's called Anything for Jackson. Came out last year. Uh, two amazing performances by Sheila McCarthy and Julian Richings about a bereaved couple whose uh, daughter and grandson died as a result of a car accident, and they will do anything to bring their grandson back. Pet cemetery. Anything. Pet cemetery. Um, oh, this is, is way like? worse than pet cemetery. What's it called? It's called Anything for Jackson. And it's a movie. It's a movie and. Boy, when was it? Came out last year. Oh wow! All my friends were telling me you have to see this movie. It's so scary. Is it like would I hate it? You would not like it. Okay. It is very very intense. Here are the two weird things. First, the two main actors um, who play the grandparents, Sheila McCarthy and Julian Richings, between them have been in like four hundred films. You've seen these people in in everything, and their performances here are fantastic and the director and writer directed by justin g dick and written by keith cooper they have the weirdest imdbs i have ever seen um this guy uh uh justin uh g dick the director here i'm gonna read you some of his uh movies okay you ready i might chime in chime in with an interesting quip Okay, she might show him with a quick. But okay, and this is leading up to um, anything for Jackson. Ready? Yep. Monkey in the Middle, 
My dad is Scrooge. A puppy for Christmas. Operation Christmas List. Super detention. A witch's ball. 48 Christmas wishes. A very country Christmas. Best friend from heaven. Christmas wedding planner. My perfect romance. Christmas with a prince. So bubbles and puppies. and (laughs) Bubbles and puppies and more. And then suddenly anything for Jackson, which is just the most intense, crazy horror movie. And then right after that, Pony Sitters Club, The Big Sleepover, Love and Harmony Valley. Oh, my God, what happened? Christmas in the Rockies, so, a Christmas exchange. So this guy was like, hey, man, he's talking to his agent, and he's like, I've been doing all these boring sweet pie movies, and I want something gritty. Well, I want something that's going to change my image. It's like when the Disney girls have been doing <laughs> Disney shows, and yeah. then all of a sudden they're like, I want to be a slut. Put me in something <laughs> sexy. Show them my sexy side. Yeah. And then they you know, twerk on on stage. Well, this guy, Justin, and his writer, Keith Cooper, Keith Cooper wrote most of those movies that I read, these wonderful family uh, TV movies. They, these guys are based in Canada, all Christmas-themed puppies and unicorns and stuff. And I guess they had both had a weird wild hair up their ass one day they, and said, let's do this they horror movie. They took mushrooms and they're like, I can't stand these sweet little puppies. But boy, did they make a humdinger of a horror movie I, and then went right back to a puppy for Christmas. Maybe they were like, that was fucking insane, dude. That's it. I can't, we, we I can't do that. that I'm going yeah. back. That was too dark. We got too dark. But knowing their, knowing their filmography makes anything for Jackson even more extraordinary than it already is, if that makes sense. It, it is a truly a, a weird outlier in these guys' careers. I and and by the way, um, they work steadily doing these movies. Maybe and all the movies get really good reviews. That children's movies, so maybe they're good at doing it. And they said, "Let's just try a horror movie," and they made one of the scariest horror movies of the last ten years. So. Now that you've said that, I really kind of want to see it. Is am I going to hate it? I mean, no, well, you'll like it, but you'll be scared shitless. Is it? Is it like a person coming out like a like a you know that girl from the ring who jumps out of the TV like no, it's more about um it's like a lot of body horror stuff. Like what does that mean? Like things weird things happening to the human body. Like because of demonic uh stuff oh. and I did they, a movie- they call up a they call up a demon uh but the demon doesn't come alone is all I'm oh, saying. I don't know a what that is. A lot of other things come with this demon. I did a horror movie where I was possessed by a not just an evil spirit, but also an actual thing. It was a serpent. <laughs> it wasn't a real serpent. It was like a, a scary creature. What was the movie? The Kiss. Oh. Aunt Felice is but coming. I, th- I thought you fought off Aunt Felice. Does, do, do, you, do you get possessed at one point? I mean, she tries to French kiss me. Right. The movie was originally called... The Kiss. Wait, it is called The Kiss. It is called The Kiss. No, no, no. The movie was originally called The Host. Ooh. And it's about this thing, this creature thing that like, like a parasite scary thing that comes inside you and like possesses you. And that's what happened to Aunt Felice. Aunt Felice is coming for Christmas. (laughs) But, but did it possess you or you managed to fight her off at the last minute? Yo, I'm a heroine, yo. I fight off everything. I fight off a crocodile. I fight off a, (laughs) a bad, uh... A Depression-era rapist? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, it's uh, anything for Jackson. And the tagline for the movie is, fear the elderly. Oh. Yeah. So it is It is a real, really scary, 
fucked up movie, but really well made with two amazing performances. Okay, do you have other recommendations? Yes, comic books. A uh, new collection by Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips came out. Destroy All Monsters! Uh, they do a series of crime comics about a character named Reckless. Uh, they, the first one was called Reckless. Second one was called Friend of the Devil. This new one is called Destroy All Monsters. He's a ex-60s uh, hippie radical who now kind of lives in the L.A. Venice Beach underground and does favors for people, um, uh, kind of works outside the law, and it's just great, gritty, 70s, sunshine, L.A. noir. Fantastic. I love it. Pushes all the crime buttons for me. I like it. And then music. Uh, I know I've already recommended this group, but something really cool happened this week. Um, I'm a huge fan of the group Bleached. Um, two sisters out of um, uh, uh, Silver Lake in East L.A., uh, doing songs and their new album, Don't You Think You've Had Enough, I love. And guess who just discovered it anew and now loves it? Our daughter, Alice. Uh, when we uh, went to school this morning and the other day driving around, I played her some Bleach songs and now she loves them. Uh, her th- current four favorites that she plays all the time in the car now are Daydream, Somebody Call 911, Rebound City, and I Get What I Need. Great, fun, rockin' songs. Uh Again, I'm, I'm re-recommending them because it was fun to watch my 12-year-old daughter discover them and go, oh, these guys are great. Oh, your 50-year-old wife want, needs to discover them too. Oh, you'll love them. They're so good. Um, so those, those are our recommendations. So here's the thing, guys. This is the end of the podcast, but I just want to chat with you for a second. <laughs> Patton's laughing at me. <laughs> but we want to talk to you. Call in on our speak pipe and or email us at hey did you get my text at gmail.com and you know listen, give us your opinion, stuff like that. Let us know. Let us know. But thanks for listening. It was fun having you. See you next week. See you next week. Bye. Bye. This podcast is a production of Meredith Salinger and Patton Oswald. In association with Starburns Audio. Executive producers are Cliff Dorfman and Jason Smith. And if you have questions for us, send them to... Hey, did you get my text? At gmail.com. And don't forget, subscribe to this podcast. It's free and it helps us get to keep making the show. Starburns Audio. A podcast. A podcast network.